excited about this one. I, well, I think they're all good ones. The albums, not not these videos, but the, the albums are all very good. This is uh, episode eight. This is one that I'm very excited about. Um, as I said, I like them all, but I'm, I'm really into this one. This is uh, this is Dangerous Toys, their, their debut self-titled 1989 album from Dangerous Toys. Uh, I'm going to go on record as saying this might be... Ah, of, of that genre, that uh, era, whatever you whatever you want to call it, you you could call it hair metal, cock rock, hard rock, uh, glam metal. Some of these words are or or uh, terms are, are really bad, but I would say this this could possibly be. It's it's hard to say that it's not appetite for destruction, which I talked about some weeks ago, but um, dangerous toys, maybe even maybe even more than. Uh, than, than Appetite for Destruction. It might be the absolute number one of that era. And even in my my top, top list of any albums ever, similar to uh, Rain and Blood, Master of Puppets, Among the Living, uh, Appetite for Destruction, every Kiss album, I know this Dangerous Toys album better than anything. I know every little, tiny little nuance of it. I know every every tiny little, you know, the, the little... Uh, Phrasings, lyrics, little little guitar licks, every single thing about this album. I know this Stone Cold. This is for me a, a classic album of that era, Dangerous Toys. And I I got into this in uh, I guess it was it must have been this album came out in '89. I got it when it was. I'll have to check the date if it's on here. I used to often write the dates on albums. Oh, this one uh, this one. Doesn't have it. Ah, it does have it. Usually, I would I would have written it on the last page, but I didn't write it here. For some reason, I wrote it on the on the second. One. I got this on uh, at some point. There must have been some confusion. I got it on February second, nineteen ninety. So I guess I had heard it at, uh, at some point at eighty nine. There were, there was a video for the opening track was teasing pleasing, and there was a, a video for that one, and I loved it. To me, Dangerous Toys was at that time in in eighty nine ninety. You know, the, the pretty boy bands were kind of falling by the wayside. I think people weren't interested in... I think Guns N' Roses changed it. People weren't interested as much in, in Poison and Cinderella and Bon Jovi as they were in the more... Um, uh, I, I'm not sure how to say it. Grittier, I guess. I, as I said, I think Guns N' Roses was responsible for that. So I think I think people liked more, you know, um, Guns N' Roses, Faster Pussycat, Dangerous Toys... Um, who else? Salty Dog. Um, it was a little bit, it wasn't as pretty as some of the other bands I mentioned, Poison and uh, Cinderella, Britney Fox, stuff like that. And so this was really, really, really right down the middle of my musical, in the middle of my musical wheelhouse. I loved it. They, they were, um, you know, they had long hair 
and they, they had an image, but it wasn't a pretty boy image. It was more like a metal image. They, these guys were a little bit, you can't say heavier than the other bands because they weren't really a heavy band, but they were, they, they, they were maybe just more real. But, uh, this album, when this came out, this was probably my most, my most listened to album of, of 1990 or maybe of the nineties. That's why I know it so well. Um, and so, so, uh, looking at it now, yeah, teasing, pleasing, that, that was, uh, I guess as close as Dangerous Toys ever came to a hit. Unfortunately, Dangerous Toys came out a little bit, uh, late in the game to, to have a huge impact. I think this album did go gold. And I, or if this one, I think this, it did go gold, but many years later. The next one after this, um, Hellacious Acres, I think did go gold, but still that, that music was kind of on its last legs. This was when, uh, Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and Nirvana were starting to get big. I loved it all. Um, but, uh, yeah, so going back to this tease and please, and then the next one came out, which was Scared, uh, which was the second song, and it was also, there, there was a video for that. I'm not sure if, if I bought this album after I heard that, but, uh, man, I, I thought this, this band is like my number one band that I've ever heard at that, at, at that point. Um, Scared was, um, uh, I guess like a tribute to Alice Cooper. The lyrics were, were about, uh, uh, I'm not sure if they were about Alice Cooper, but maybe about his music. Uh, who is the man in the white vest? I'm getting nervous, becoming a mess. Is he the doctor's man to take me away of the same damn demon from yesterday? Waking up is virtually impossible. Something in the story won't let me go. You know, I'm shaking and I'm feeling sick. I guess I'm going to need a doctor quit. Uh, quick, uh, mama's lace and whiskey on the top shelf. Somebody got caught up in their dreams. Somebody got caught up in my dreams. Um, monsters on my right and cobwebs on, cobwebs on my left. Scary man standing right in front of me. Hey man, I think I'm, hey man, uh, think, I think I like being scared and I wish you all were there. Man, I really, really wish, really, uh, I lost it. I, Dangerous Toys lyrics, unlike some of the other bands I've talked about, their, their lyrics just come to me much quicker. Uh, Bones in the Gutter, the third song. That, that was a heavier song. That was, a little bit of a of a dark song, um, the the kick drum starting it uh, and the bass. Uh, I guess as as far as this kind of music goes, it was heavy. Uh, there I was looking for something new. Man comes in tomb of you. Tells me, hey kid, you want to make ten bucks, but gave me dirty looks. Hey man, tell me what I got to do. Uh, man tore the money right in half. It says go kill the fatted calf. A rich fat lady with diamonds and rocks. I'm thinking, man, this sucks in his cement mixer. I write no epitaph with her makeup to her chin, but don't ask me where the hell she's been. Uh, I love Dangerous Toys lyrics, and that I think I think uh, maybe short time after this, people started to mock this kind of music. The the people that were that were uh, you know really cool, and they only like Nirvana or uh, Pearl Jam, and I, I love those bands too. But I, as I said, I did love this. For me, Jason McMaster wrote better lyrics than anybody within within this. Uh, he wasn't. Uh, in the last episode, I talk about REM. He, Jason McMaster wasn't Michael Stipe or Bob Dylan or Kurt Cobain. His, his lyrics were, were pretty direct, but they were funny and they were, uh, maybe along the lines of Aerosmith, ACDC. Um, you know, funny, but, but good too. I, I thought his lyrics were very, very clever. Um, what comes next? Ah, take me drunk. Take me drunk. I'm home. Um, that, that was, uh, the thing I like about this song. There's a kind of a, the middle, I guess maybe if you'd call it the breakdown part, I don't know if that applies to Dangerous Toys music, but uh, in thrash metal, people call these things breakdown parts. There's kind of a quiet part in the middle of uh, Take Me Drunk, 
where uh, I guess it's Jason, uh, dig me drunk, dig me drunk, I'm home. And it's kind of a quiet part. And then when it bursts back into the to the chorus, uh, that that always remind, reminded me of Van Halen, not not any specific Van Halen song, but just the the harmonies. Uh, there's no way I'm gonna sing that, but if you if you know the song, that's what I'm talking about. When it, it goes back into the, uh, it's not really a chorus, but uh, uh, just just very very big song. Take me drunk is excellent. What came after that? Uh, feels like a hammer. Uh, nice, I guess as close as you would come to a ballad. There's no way it was a ballad, but it, maybe back then people thought anything with a, with acoustic guitar was a ballad, but feels like a hammer was a little bit quieter, but definitely not a ballad. I loved it. Sporting a Woody, my friend Ron McNeil. This was a friend of mine, um, back then. This was a little bit after high school. He didn't like the kind of music that I did. Usually you had friends that, you know, you all liked back then. You chose your friends based on music. And uh, my friend Ron didn't like this kind of music at all, but he loved uh, Sport in the Woody. He, he used to sing that song all the time. Um, uh, how, how does that one start? Um, well, there's women in the city that make me feel shitty and some that make me pack a wad, but the ones that are fine will never be mine. They won't even give me the time of day. I ain't got no money, ain't got no home. Got to find me a bim to live with the night. Sport in the Woody, when you're walking by. Sport in the Woody's when your titties fly. Sporting a Woody, ripping my fly, sporting a Woody till the day I die. Don't know what I'm gonna do, I can't stop looking at you cause you're sure looking nice to me. Well I wish you were sedated so I could at least penetrate you for an hour, maybe three. That wouldn't work now, me too, hashtag me too. You can't talk about penetrating a woman while she's being sedated for three hours. But uh, that's how music was back then, it was a lot of fun. Ah, sporting a Woody is fantastic. Queen of the Nile, uh, I, I could say this about every song, and I'm not gonna read the, or say the lyrics of every song. Uh, Love Me Like an Earthquake, there's one, Queen of the Nile. Uh, Outlaw, that was a little bit heavier too. Uh, good times, bad times, hard times the same. I live my life same as Jesse James. Here Comes Trouble. Um, gonna burst your bubble, nothing's for free. Got veins of wire, hey got some speed. I'm bad luck, ain't worth a fuck. Ten Boots Stompin', ah, it, and I haven't talked about my favorite song on this album yet because I'm not sure if I have a favorite song on this album. This is one of the super, super rare albums that, ah, maybe there are more than, maybe it's not so rare as I think, but every single song at some point or another was probably my favorite. Uh, but I would say in the last, uh, I don't know, couple of years, Ten Boots, um, or Ten Boots subtitled A Stompin', is that how they wrote it? Ah, stomping. Ten boots and then stomping in parentheses. And I think Jason didn't write that one. I think that was um, Scott Dalhover or Mike Watson that, that wrote the lyrics to that one. Uh, words, Watson. Mike Watson wrote, wrote that one. Um, that's a very fun song. Ten boots. Uh, what's the start? Once I get, once I, I just need a, a thread to hold on to. Ten boots battered and beat, bat, a battered and a beaten. Holes in our souls, holes in our souls. Whether where the desert is eaten, but they're holding out, and they're so easy fitting. Just a few holes where the rattlesnakes have bitten. They ain't too fancy, and they're just a little dirty, but they mean a lot to us. We think they're awful pretty. We wear them all the time, from morning to night. If you want to take them from us, then you're in for a fight. No, we wouldn't trade for whiskey or a lover. They've taken us further than either of the other. And when we're gone, we won't be caring. Six feet under, you know what we'll be wearing. I gotta finish it. I lost my spot. And when we're gone, we won't be carrying six feet under. You know what we'll be wearing. 
ten boots rolling and romping, ten boots stomping and kicking up a cloud of dust and mighty high hose silver, ten boots, ten boots ain't a stomping. Uh, my boots and me, oh, we're never knowing from day to day just where we'll be a-going. Down a dusty road or riding on a rail, loving or fighting, they'll never fail me. That's that's my favorite song in, in recent times. And uh, the last song is That Dog, uh, a little bit of an ACDC vibe to, uh, to that song, to that dog. But man, oh man, this album is just, uh, I mean, if you don't like this kind of music, you're, you're not going to like this album. But th this one maybe was one that got maybe lost in the shuffle when everybody was, was making that transition from, from this kind of music to Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Uh, I think this, maybe some people overlook this album. But this is a, I don't know what else I can say about this. And I did love all their, um, their albums after this. I'm a, I'm a huge Dangerous Toys fan. I did Broken Teeth's catalog, uh, last year and then in the summer maybe. And I, you know, at the, probably if, if you combine and all of Jason McMaster's projects, and I knew him first from this, but then, you know, he did Watchtower before this. And since this, he's done Broken Teeth, Godzilla Motor Company, Igniter, uh, Oh God, I don't know how many uh, cover bands. He did Sick, which was a Kiss Backwards cover band. Uh, Sad Wings, Jewish Priest cover band. Big Balls, ACDC cover. Tribute, I guess I should say. Um, Kill Em All, uh, Metallica. He, he played bass and sang in that one. Uh, but it's Killa, K-I-L-L-A, and then M-A-U-L, like Darth Maul. Kill Em All, not Kill Em All, like the, the Metallica album title. Um... Maybe maybe the best named one is um, De Niro Smith. It was Aerosmith, uh, but they in their logo they use Robert De Niro's eyes, I think. So of all the um, oh, and, and uh, I can't forget Evil. Um, I was going to say Evil Igniter. Evil like Evil United is a fantastic band that Jason McMaster does. Um, but I, I would say the, the Dangerous Toys and Broken Teeth are, are probably the most similar. And if you if you took all their albums together. Uh, I guess that's uh, Dangerous Toys has four or five and Broken Teeth has five or six. This one is by far my favorite, but uh, I would say in the catalogs, Broken Teeth, I maybe like Broken Teeth over the years, maybe just because they're still active more than I like Dangerous Toys. But uh, nothing in my mind that Jason McMaster, all the great, great things he's done, and I love almost all of them, this, this, uh, this tops them all. Yeah, and amazing, I never saw Dangerous Toys live or any of Jason's pro uh, projects. I never saw, um, I've never seen Broken Teeth. Uh, I've never seen Igniter. You know, they're not, most of these newer bands, they're not um, real active touring bands. Not just because of COVID, but um, but because, you know, they're just, there's not touring now these days. It's not like it was back then. But I never did see Dangerous Toys live. I only remember them ever coming to Toronto once. That was on the Operation Rock and Roll Tour, which was in 91 with, uh, that was Judas Priest, Motorhead, Dangerous Toys, Metal Church, and Alice Cooper. Uh, I'm not sure why I didn't go to that, because I was a huge, and still am a huge Motorhead fan, as you may know, huge Dangerous Toys fan. I was never too much into Alice Cooper, despite this, uh, let me get this quick one. This is, uh, I was in, uh, in Arizona, and I got this, uh, this chocolate milk. And Alice Cooper, Alice Cooper chocolate milk. Um, I liked Alice Cooper well enough, but I was not a big fan. And I was maybe, maybe surprising. I was never a huge Judas Priest fan, so I skipped that tour. That was my only point, my only chance to see Dangerous Toys. I don't think they ever played Toronto 
before or after. Broken Teeth did play Hamilton, Ontario, which was close to Toronto, close to where I live. But that was after I'd already moved to Mexico. So one of these days, I will see Jason McMaster um, hopefully do one of his things live. If it's going to be anything, I guess it's going to be Broken Teeth. Maybe they can come on down to Mexico. But uh, I'm getting way off track now. I feel very excited, very uh, stimulated because I'm talking about one of the, the great, great, great albums ever, Dangerous Toys. I fucking love this album. 